Attention Northwest Arkansas businesses and talent seekers. Introducing Onboard NWA.com, your hyperlocal job board crafted for our unique community. Struggling to find the perfect match for your job openings? Onboard NWA simplifies the hiring process, connecting you with the region's top talent through tailored talent matching solutions. Whether you're an employer seeking expertise or a professional looking for your next opportunity, Onboard NWA is here for you. Discover more at onboardnwa.com and let's build the future of Northwest Arkansas together. Northwest Arkansas, Randy here, bringing you a quick word from our sponsor, Signature Bank of Arkansas. Since 2005, Signature Bank has been all about empowering our community with local ownership and top-notch banking services. Signature Bank's roots run deep with assets over a billion dollars, and they're right here in your backyard with branches in Bentonville, Rogers, Springdale, Fayetteville, and now including Harrison and Jonesboro. With a growing family of more than 200 teammates, they're ready to serve you with the warmth only a true community bank can offer. And they've got Banco C, the first bilingual bank in Arkansas, to ensure that banking is for everyone. So give Signature Bank a call at 479-684-3700 or visit Signature.Bank online. Mention you heard about them on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast for that personal touch. Signature Bank of Arkansas. Big on assets, local at heart, and a proud member of the FDIC and an equal housing lender. It's time for another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas, the podcast covering the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life in general here in the Ozarks. Whether you are considering a move to this area or trying to learn more about the place you call home, we've got something special for you. Here's our host, Randy Wilburn. Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and I'm excited to be with you today as I always am. You know, it's weird because lately I have been spending most of my time at the KUAF studios at 91.3 FM down there at 9 School Street, right across from the Fayetteville Public Library. Since we've joined and had this partnership between I Am Northwest Arkansas and KUAF, I find myself at the studio recording because the studio is just amazing. And I still record over at the Fayetteville Public Library, but every now and then a guest requests or asks if I could come to their physical location. And that is what today's episode is going to be about because I'm getting to sit down with Emily Lawson, who is the founder of Pink House Alchemy. And Emily, I have been trying to connect with her and this company for a while now. I was fully aware of Pink House Alchemy. We've run in some of the same circles. We know some of the same people. 
but I had actually never met her. And so I was so grateful when her team reached out and we were able to connect and actually get together. And so I'm actually sitting here at this really cool desk that she had made right in her office. And it's across from where all the magic happens and all the bottles get bottled for Pink House Alchemy. And we'll talk a little bit about that later. But without further ado, I want to welcome Emily Lawson, founder of Pink House Alchemy, to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. I hope that run up was good for you because I, I I just wanted to kind of, you know, it. I like getting out of my, my normal routine to go meet with somebody and do an interview. And like I told people, I've interviewed people in a coffee shop, you name it. As long as you have the right equipment, you can do it. And the sound is still is not going to be offensive to people. So that, <laughs> that's the key thing here. So, but no, I, I really appreciate you having me here at your location. The Pink House Alchemy is almost before you get, if you're headed south on college. It's right before you hit North Avenue. There's, well, I, there's a bunch of pink buildings now because there's Presley Page, there's Pink House Alchemy, and of course, my good friend, Olivia Trimble. So there's a little bit of everybody right here. And there's, there's a lot of creativity happening right in this little neck of the woods in Fayetteville. And so I'd love for you just to kind of share with our audience your superhero origin story. We talked about this before we started recording that I was going to ask you, you could go back as far as you want, but you know, wherever you'd like to start, just kind of telling the story about how you got involved with Pink House Alchemy and how this all came about. Yeah, that's a great question. And how far back should I go? (laughs) I think that so much of the influence of Pink House from its inception and where we're at today came from my access to farmland and farm food growing up. My great-grandparents were dairy farmers and had, you know, the acre-wide garden and orchards. And that was my great-grandparents. And so just generations and generations of farm family. And I was being the great granddaughter, I had, you know, the rare access to just beautiful food and no, not a lot of hard work. So I was laying in the berry patches, <laughs> like <laughs> eating all the produce and the fruits of their labor and kind of marveling at what could be done in a day, I think. And oh, that yeah. really stuck with me my whole life. And as I grew and knew that I was unique in a way that I did, wasn't going to follow just the, you know, graduate high school and go to college immediately and grad school. And I knew that I was, you know, had a wild eye for something different. So mm-hmm. food service, I started in food service really young and then graduated high school and moved and traveled kind of hippie lifestyle. I think Volkswagen bus living in <laughs> Telluride, Colorado for years and New Orleans and a stint in uh, Montreal and just cooking my way through you know, through what the United States had to offer. And so I think during all of that time in my 20s, I was kind of amassing this interesting tool belt of skills. I went to massage school, I studied some culinary things, I cooked a lot, I bartended, and quickly, you know, taking leadership roles, like fake it till you make it. You know, I remember at one point, I was a foreman for a landscaping company, I'd never even done any of that work before. But they trusted me and gave me the keys to all the trucks. So I think I, I was you know, an entrepreneur. I think that was back in 2000. I was building those skills for what that meant. And then it it became a quick buzzword of what that means to be an entrepreneurial (laughs) spirit. And then I learned that that was me, you know? Yeah. They're calling it side hustles now. You had like like a multitude of side hustles that have transformed into ultimately what you are today. That's it. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned that and I'm not going to, I won't go off on a tangent, but you know, I got exposed to, I kind of derived a lot of my hustle from working in the restaurant community. I was 14 serving alcohol to people when I really shouldn't have been in Teaneck, New Jersey, but I worked with, for a couple that had a really nice, like really lower key 
version of Atlas, you know, here in Fayetteville, but fabulous cook. He was from Jamaica. She, I forget where she was from, but anyway, the food was insanely good. And they only had a handful of tables and they were like sold out every night. And I was in there and I was part of the family. And I learned the hustle Mm -hmm. of what it meant to work in Mm -hmm. a thriving, growing restaurant. And it was so much fun. And, you know, once I cut my teeth there, that was it. I mean, I like waited tables through through the end of high school into college. And I always tell my I tell my sons all the time, it's some of the most honest work that you can get. And if nothing else, it will help hone your skill set of building relationships understanding the importance of, you know, the here and now being focused on those individuals that you're serving at that moment and how it will take you to a, to the next level. And I I only go off on that because it seems like just on in the little bit that you've shared so far is that really is what helped define who you are. Oh, indeed. Yeah, what is service? You know, what does that mean and all of those jobs that I was working in skills I was gaining were were strictly focused on service and being of service to your team and to the people you were serving. And yeah, it's an addictive and fun and fast paced thing and deeply creative. I did move back to this part of the country when I was 25 years old and had my first child and things changed immediately. The type A Emily showed up (laughs) on the scene and said, go to college and take over the world. I think I had a lot of really intense ambition at that time. And I moved from Eureka Springs, Arkansas, where I had landed post Colorado and went to the University of Arkansas and studied dietetics and biology. I was a pre-med student and had a new child. And so I had kind of a series of traumas that happened during that time. My mother passed away from cancer. I was diagnosed with a heart condition. There was just went through a divorce, so many things that piled up during that time. And you know, anytime you go through something like that, something else is coming, you know, the birth of something else. So when I was in college, I was working at the Fayetteville Farmer's Market for the Arcegas. Mm-hmm. And there was, you know, so we're selling this and serving this beautiful coffee. They were direct to farm. And this was back in 2006 or seven. Okay. Is that right? No, it was 2009 or 10. And that was still new. The third wave coffee movement was just very, very new. But the Arcegas had been doing it for a long time, you know, coaxing flavors out of light roasting beans, not overly extracting things, just a different way of, you know, not the antithesis of Starbucks in a lot of ways. And I was learning from them. Yeah. And it was reminiscent of all my wine, you know, knowledge I had gained when I was in the service industry in Telluride. And I saw a bridge between what they were doing, you know, being direct to source and, you know, people were like hiding, like, you know, Tarani simple syrup bottles under the table, like not wanting to show up. <laughs> and I just could see it very plainly. So we were working at a farmer's market and um, we bought a bundle of lavender from Ugly Bunny Farms and made a lavender simple syrup that following week and brought it back to the farmer's market to sell in lavender and lemonades and coffees. And it was just kind of an instant, you know, it was an instant attachment. People could, they really loved being able to look at the farm and drink their drink and be like, oh my God, you know, I know them and I can taste that. And then, you know, trying to to do that every week in a week over week and getting those the engagement from the community was outrageous. Yeah. And it was very clear at that time that it could be something big. And I think my attitude and all those tools that I had been amassing on my travels and then now, you know, all the way through college, I, you know, business was where I was headed. So the entrepreneurial spirit evolves. I don't want to be a serial entrepreneur. You know, I'm hopeful to be a business person that can maybe have a little bit more structure. And so Pink House was born in that way. What year was that? 
That was 2012. Okay. 2012, yeah. it was born. Yeah. Two years before I moved here. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, I love that story because now, well, before I ask this question, the farm that you grew up on, was that here in Arkansas? It was in Missouri. Okay. <clears throat> and I did not grow up on a farm, to be clear. I, okay. have, I do have a really funny story that was told about me from an, an interview. There, one of the quotes was, Emily Lawson, when she was living on a farm, milking cows tippy-toe on a pickle bucket. Which you would have to be about three inches tall to do that, first of all. Right. I've never, so for the record, I have never milked cows ever. Okay. Right. <laughs> I did not live on a farm, but I had un, you know, endless access to my great-grandparents' farm. And that right. was in Missouri. Okay. Eastern Missouri. So Southwest, you know, Arkansas, Northwest Missouri, we're just touching yeah. each other or yeah. in reverse. So yeah, outside of Springfield. Okay. All right. Yeah. Cool. So, well, you got it honestly though, right? Because you were around that. Absolutely. And yes. I, I got to say, I've, I've had some, we've had some farmers on the podcast and there is, is a whole different, I mean, I guess I'm a city boy, I guess, uh, you know, born outside. I mean, I grew up born in Richmond, Virginia, but I grew up outside of New York city. So that's what I knew. And then I went to, to Washington DC for college. And so I've always been in the city, but I had an appreciation for just being out in, you know, in the community and, and especially in a more agricultural setting. And I had family, I have family that have huge amounts of land in Southern Virginia, but so I can appreciate it, but I couldn't appreciate it until I moved here to Arkansas. And I think when I, I had one of the heads of the agriculture program at the U of A talk about how important the agricultural economy is to Arkansas. Like when you understand like the amount of soybeans that come here from, the, of course, we know about the rice, catfish. I mean, there's just a number of different things that we we grow and produce right here in Arkansas that goes all over the world. And you don't really think about it. And Arkansas is not a huge state. I mean, there's like three point something million people. So, but there's so much that comes out of here. And I think there's something to be said for what we're able to take with the sweat of our brow right in the dirt that's in front of us, right? And actually create it. And so, and I've had last couple of years, I've been on the board of the co-op Ozark Natural Foods, and I have totally seen you know, what it means to be a local farmer here. And my level of appreciation is off the charts as far as what farmers do to bring their produce and everything else to the local communities that they serve. Yes, that's it, that really strikes a nerve with me or has from the you know beginning of Pink House. That was what drove me to continue to grow the company was it seemed simple um, in simple terms for me. It was that's grown here I have the fortitude to figure out how to make these processes easier for everyone. Why aren't we all doing this? Yeah. You know, it was there was just a real sense of like, oh no, 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 no. There's no gateway to entry. Let's just do all of this. Let me contact every farmer I know and oh, you didn't grow enough this year. I'll buy it ahead of time. You know, just trying to disrupt a little bit because there is a gateway for a lot of or a block to entry for farmers to sell through to stores and manufacturers. And that's a big you know, something that I have been working on since the beginning of Pink House. We currently buy as much as we possibly can from the state of Arkansas. Okay. We buy all of our berries from Megara Farms and peripheral berry farms that can support us and sustain us. We pay fair rates for berries. We're not going and asking for a deal. You know, we're just working directly with the farmers of what's sustainable and what to expect for a season. We work with farms all over the world in the same respect. You know, it doesn't have to be local. Arkansas is changing what we can grow. When I first started this company, I was like, I'm getting into brandy. I'm going to make apple brandy just like they used to do. <laughs> Bentonville was like a home of a really delicious brandy for many, many years, a sure. major exporter of it. 
And one of my friends and trusted colleagues told me, they don't, that's not sustainable. You know, apples can't grow here like they used to. Right. It's kind of crushing. You know, I was like Arkansas black apples was going to be a huge anchor of what I love. And I had to change. I had to think about what else, what can we produce here? What would be, you know, what's going to be regenerative? What's going to help, you know, the grounds that it's growing on? And we're continuing to have those conversations. We're learning all the time and building new relationships that, you know, help to fortify the food system in Arkansas, which is not the best system. I mean, we have a really hard time feeding the people in our state. So Pink House, the more food you can pack into an area, no matter how it gets here, is going to eliminate some of that food desert issue that we have. So oh my pink gosh. houses, you, we aggregate. We're trying to do that. You preacher know. choir. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this, I, mean you, I get <laughs> yeah, that. And, yeah, and, yeah. and it, it is a real, and you think about it and you're like, man, it's like, why is that such a struggle for us when we produce so much? I think a lot of it, you know, I'm always amazed at when I go to places and I see how much waste takes place when it comes to food. And, and it's just, it's insane. It's like, We've got to figure out better ways to create laws around certain things that, you know, allow restaurants to give away whatever they have left. Because, of course, everybody's worried about being sued. Right. And so it's like, I can't give this away. Yeah, I've got a big almost a half ten of chili, but I can't give it away. I got to throw it out. And that's I mean, it's it's almost sinful when you think of it, because it's like we could be doing so much more. I know. With what we have, especially figuring out ways to leverage the the leftovers and the things that people could, we could be giving to a lot of people that are going hungry. And I see it more so now than when I first moved here, you know, I I ride the trail. So I see some of the tenements. I see some Mm -hmm. of the places where people are living out in the, in the, I mean, that's one of the advantages of being here in the Ozarks is that you have a lot of places that you can literally go and pitch a tent. Right. And you can be right on the outskirts of just everyday living. You know, I just wish we could come up with more solutions to meet those needs of the people that need it the most. Oh, yeah. I think it just starts, people have a, a duty, you know, just as in human nature, I think we all should to think about what we're doing and how it affects other people. I know that that is a big dividing line for some people. <laughs> is it my duty to think about others or is it not? And I think that divides us politically yeah, sometimes. Yeah. But I, I think it's the truth, especially as a business owner, I would have a hard time doing business with other businesses that don't meet me there. Yeah. You know, if, if our conversation can't lead to, well, we did it this way this year, but then next year, what if we do it this way? What if we buy in this way? What if we work together to, you know, cut this in half so that it works for them? If we can't have those conversations, then I'm not really interested in doing business with that person. Yeah, you, yeah. and you said it. And there's also a good book that really speaks volumes about being your brother's keeper, so or sister's yeah. keeper for that matter. Right. So you know, yeah. however you want to look at that, it's an easy argument to make. It's just whether we choose to make that argument or not. That's right. Yeah. And it comes down to dollars. Is the money speaks volumes, <laughs> and we are we think about that a lot in Pink House. We want to be disruptive and competitive and make money and grow in that way and use and spend our dollars the way that we think are effective and can be helpful for the community and helpful for, and not to feel ashamed for that either. You know, it's like, go get it, go get it. We need more people that, you know, want to build in that way. And I find it interesting because, you know, I've, I've, I I know Kerry Arcega, I've had Mm -hmm. multiple conversations with him. I I have not gotten him on the podcast yet, but I have had John Allen on the podcast Mm -hmm. and John's an amazing individual. John and Andrea are outstanding folks. For those who don't know, they are the owners of Onyx, which, you know, there are locations in in Fayetteville, uh, Rogers, uh, Bentonville. Uh, Onyx Coffee is known the world. I, I gained a newfound respect when I would go around and people would be like, yeah, 
you know Onyx? I'm like, yeah, I know Onyx. And they're like, yo, that's some majorly good coffee. Yeah. And I'm like, when I, cause I have friends that are like, you know, they start talking about Stumptown and all these other places. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, those are great. And they were like, yeah, but you guys got Onyx, man. And that's like one of the top 10 coffee companies in the world. In, in the mm-hmm. world. Yeah. And I mean, but they practice what they preach. I love what John, cause John's all about the farmer. Yeah. He's all about making sure that people have a sustainable living and a sustainable wage and I mean, like he literally goes and lives with those folks and visits them. And I mean, he knows he does, that's yeah. why I don't mind paying a little extra for his coffee because <laughs> yeah. not only is it just off the chart good, yeah. but, but it's like, I mean, he practices what he preaches. He does. He does. I think that stewardship is so important. I mean, yeah. bringing up all the people that you brought up, Carrier Sega was the beginning of all of that. He yeah. was the beginning, you know, of John's finding passion for coffee. He, he was the one... With and his personality is so wonderful, but to just easily let you not see that you're being um, pretentious to want this or to, you know, he just made the gates so easy for everyone else to come into coffee and choose what's good and right and how to source. And yeah, he started that so long before any of us. So we're lucky to have the Arcegas here. No, oh, I know. To learn from and then taking that as a pedestal and stewarding you know, the next group and then John and Andre have just blown it completely out of the water, which is phenomenal. And I'm so proud of them. I've known them a long time and it's really fun to watch them succeed and grow. Yeah. You, I mean, you guys, I mean, just, and I've only really met you now for the first time today, but you guys, I I know them well. Uh, I know especially John well, but you guys seem like kindred spirits. Yes. We we are trying to do the same things, you know, without (laughs) question. Yeah. Yeah. um, I mean, and, and, you know, and the thing about that and what I always tell people with regard to businesses is if you do things the right way, treat people with respect and and really try to not make a buck, but really to serve other people. Right. You'll find that people are always going to be rooting for you. Yeah. And I have experienced that in doing this podcast. And I, I was I was telling your assistant Meg, who was kind enough to get me this most fabulous drink that I have to come here now on a regular basis and get this. Is it the shrub uh, soda? It's the ginger. Yeah. Oh, Cause, yeah. cause my stomach was a little, too. a little mm-hmm. upset earlier, but this is doing the trick. Wonderful. So I got to tell you folks, come get this ginger shrub from pink house alchemy. You will not be disappointed, oh, but thank nice. you for that, Meg. But what I was saying was that I just think that the work that you're doing and, and, and what a lot of people are doing in this area is making a huge difference in the community. And we need more businesses. And I'm telling mm-hmm. people all the time that are starting businesses, don't make it so much about the profit. I mean, that will come, especially if you do something that people really need, it will come. But focus on how you can give back to your community. And then then you'll find that just doors open that you'll never be able to open yourself. Right. And I've seen that. And I was explaining to Meg, because she was like, how do you find people for the podcast? And I'm like, I'm four years in, so I've I've been doing my work, but you know I'm turning people away because it's like I don't, you know, I'm only mm-hmm. one person. There's right. only but so much I can do, but uh, I enjoy the simple fact that you know I'm kind of being rewarded for the effort and time that I put in, but but I really enjoy putting that time and effort in right. to sharing my platform with others and helping to elevate whatever they're doing. Because in that instance. You know, like they say, a rising tide lifts all ships, right? Right. So if, if I can help yeah. you lift your ship, then my ship gets lifted. And, yes. you know, John and, and Andrea's ship gets lifted and Carrie's ship. I mean, it's just and he understood that, like you said, because mm-hmm. he was kind of like at the beginning of that. And I, I think it's interesting. So there's probably some young lady maybe listening to this who will end up your ceiling will be her floor. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that would be cool. So, yeah, me too. Well, let's talk about Pink House Alchemy and talk a little bit about, you know, just the rest of the inspiration for mm-hmm. what I see now, what I'm witnessing now is pretty impressive. And then the other thing, as I did my research, I mean, you guys are all over the place too, mm-hmm. which I didn't yeah. realize. 
at first I was like, oh, you know, this is a cool little cute company right here in Northwest Arkansas. But it's like, no, no, you're, it's almost like you can't see the whole thing, right? You, yeah. you just, you really can't see, really get an idea of what's really involved. So I'd love for you just to kind of share for the audience, just a better understanding as, they, as they, if they ride up or down North College past North Ave and see this cool little building, what's going on right here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Well, it's, it was a long time coming. We really focused on, it's funny, I, to a point to what you said, you know, don't focus so much on the profits. Well, I certainly didn't in the <laughs> beginning of Pink House. I focused on being, you know, the best banger, simple shrub you're ever going to drink. Like, and having that opinion, it's funny to think back on it now to just that full force assurity that what I was doing was the best. I was just so sure of it. And, you know, I think you kind of have to have that to go through what it takes to bootstrap a company. So there are other ways like focus on the profit, raise money, you know, start with some capital. And I didn't do any of that. You know, we, (laughs) we didn't, it was, it's been very, very intense to grow to where we are. But in the, you know, what we did do was really doubled down in our relationships and making sure that people understood how good our product was and why. So, you know, when you look at College Avenue, what you really should see is we have five buildings. We bought this whole block. We have our building in the middle that is a manufacturing facility that's 1400 square or 14,000 square feet. And our cafe is in the front that we, you know, you'll get to try things that will never come out to market. You get to really see where where we're headed and what we're thinking about and what's interesting to us and what we're trying to support and who we're trying to support. And, you know, it's this wonderful little ecosystem, the market in the front of Pink House that educates me so much on what the market needs and what they think of Pink House and that community space that we really need to connect with our brand. And we are now, we're in all 50 states. We're in a couple of countries. We are you know, manufacturing to be the base and a lot of ready to drinks that you see out on the market, coffee, cocktails, we, you know, ship totes and drums and buckets all over the country. And we're going to continue to do that. We're just going to keep growing and giving more opportunity to different farms that need us and count on us and allow it, you know, we have seasons where the entire crop of strawberries gets wiped out. We had the same season about five years ago, strawberries, a huge seller for us. And the same year that all of the strawberries got drowned, Dickie's Farms, I'll never forget this, was the same year that there was a massive vanilla bean early harvest. Mm-hmm. And the prices of vanilla beans went from like somewhere in the $50, $60 a pound to $600, $700 a pound. Wow. And this was that vanilla is in almost all of the products that I make there. It's a hand pollinated spice. It's a really intense thing to grow. <laughs> and so, you know, of course, in the infancy of the business, I... I did it because it's delicious. I did it because vanilla beans just freak me out. They're so good. I just couldn't imagine it. It was something I didn't know how to grow. And they were just special. If you see a pound of vanilla beans, you, you're like, it's gold. You can't believe it, you know? Yeah. But again, that, you know, other ways to start businesses, should you start a vanilla bean business when, you know, the prices go up 500 fold? So, you know, what you see when you drive past the buildings on college is that it's that incredible hard work. I've had some members of my team that have been with me from almost the beginning that have lost sleep and spouses and not to death, thankfully, (laughs) but, you know, to just working really, really, really hard, believing in something and trying to make change. That's what we're trying to do. And so that's what you should see. Yeah. I love that. How many employees do you have? I think we have 24 full-time employees. Okay. Okay. And then we have a slew of 
part-time and event staff and yeah, we've got, there's a lot of people that work for work. Pink House. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I've, I've seen, yeah, you have event staff at a lot of events. We do. Like yeah, a we lot. Do. So, Correct. cause I'm like, I'm like, you guys, <laughs> yes. have, you guys are well represented in yes. Northwest Arkansas. Cause every time I turn around, it's like, and we've got such and such mocktail or cocktail <laughs> provided by Pink yes. House Alchemy. I yes. mean, so you guys are in the mix there. Yeah. So we never say no. We will always <laughs> give you a cocktail always. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, with all the different flavors that you have, all the different offerings, and, and you know, it's almost like you're like, man, if, if I have to drink something, I might as well drink something that I know was made with love and care and quality. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's not like a lot of ingredients that are not necessarily good for you. But, but when I think about this whole movement nowadays, like from cocktails to mocktails, mm-hmm. how has that played into kind of your plans at Pink House Alchemy? And how have you guys been able to leverage that whole mocktail movement When it comes to people maybe not necessarily wanting to drink alcohol, but still wanting that, Mm -hmm. you know, alcohol-like experience of drinking something that's kind of cool. Right. I think when you're in the service industry, like you are when you, when that's part of your pulse and your, that's who your friends are and what you're doing, we were all riding the same wave where every, you know, I was cutting back drinking years ago. Everybody's that I'm around is coming up with alternatives and, you know, thinking about what, what we could do a little bit different, you know, working out a little bit more, just taking responsibility. <laughs> you know, the pandemic had a huge, oh, and you man. either drank all the time <laughs> yeah. or you were like doing yoga and drinking or trying to take a break. And so I think the writing was on the wall. It kind of felt like we were doing it first. Like it, I know we weren't, you know, the, it's because there's always this collective consciousness that's happening, but it definitely felt like that, you know, 18 months ago when we started developing menus and thinking about it and, we're working on a non-alcoholic Amaro right now that is just phenomenal. And it's uh, made with muscadine, you know, grown just in Arkansas mm-hmm. and Alma. And so we launched that at the Format Festival this last year. And, you know, what an incredible conversation point to see where is the rest of the country and world at in the NA market. Well, they're here for it. They're ready for it. They so are. We're launching me. it in the this next season when the, the grapes come out. But we have uh, Pink House is leaning fully into it. We have an NA happy hour every Thursday that it pops off. It's so fun. It's such a vibe. I'm so grateful to have a space like that. I'm as a like previous pretty heavy drinker. I still drink alcohol, love wine, love spirits, but I definitely was like have gone hard in the bars, you know, mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> you have your you have your uh, your tattoos to prove. Oh, right? absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. But yeah, I think I was excited to see and to feel the like flirty energy, the like, you know, just all of that. When you get people in one room doing something together, I was so thrilled to see that show up without booze, you know? And so we were really leaning into it. And I think that people, drinkers or not, you know, they're going to come for a vibe and try something different. So yeah, Pink House is, we're all about it. Yeah. Well, no, trust me, I I have discovered it and and I'm kind of like you where, I mean, I've gone hard, but I've also, I've also always had control around it, but there's just something about waking up the next morning and, <laughs> and feeling, feeling great. great. <laughs> so, Especially after a night out, which yes, is rare. Absolutely. Like that's what this absolutely. NA vibe that yeah. I was so psyched about is like, wow, I, I went out, I had a really good time. It wasn't like, you know, I didn't go out or I went out and I had to leave early because everyone was, you know, taking tequila shots. It sure. was like something different. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. No, I'm loving it. I mean, I, I have, uh, I think I started dry January and then I just kept moving forward mm-hmm. and, like and the thing that I'm noticing is that even like a lot of craft brewers mm-hmm. are making a lot of NA options, which is kind of cool. Super and cool. yeah, so so we'll see where it goes from there. Yeah, so yeah. 
So tell us, what what are you excited about for the future with Pink House Alchemy? Well, I'm, you know, these farm relationships that we've been building have are so important to us. And when you're growing, when you're in a growth phase and you're going to build a new facility, it was a huge undertaking to build this facility. It doesn't, it's not the biggest facility you'll ever see, but there is so much that goes into the kind, you know, the licensing, all the things that we do. So we had to prioritize that, you know, for the last year. So this next year, I'm thrilled to talk about, you know, our new partners. And and we just finally made the huge shift to organic sugar. We we're partnered directly out of Brazil. They, I got, we were introduced to these founders, <laughs> this whole crazy story at Expo West this year. And it's like the godfather of sugar cane down in Brazil really supports the the people of Brazil. You know, I've done my research looking deeply and they have a different methodology where they don't burn the sugar cane, which, you know, creates so many toxic, so much of a toxic environment for the people working there and the communities. They do a green cut on it. So it's it's just a really beautiful process. The product is amazing. And the people that are doing it are like very thrilled to share it with the world. Mm-hmm. And it's fortifying the earth that it grows from. I mean, it just couldn't get any better. So sugar... This is a big deal. <laughs> yeah. We're making a brand new sugar partner. Our we're, our hope is to be able to get sugar out of the Delta. Eventually, there is a project, a program we've been involved with from the beginning that where sugar cane, you know, it's already being grown here, will continue to be grown and hopefully harvested in the same ethical way and then refined here domestically. And that we will we will go all in. We'll put all our chips. Anybody listening, Pinkos will put all their chips in that basket because yeah. that would be rad and amazing for the state of Arkansas. But for now, this is an awesome partnership. So I'm really excited about that. I'm excited to share that with our customers and to learn more about international spice business and doing it ethically, slowing down, being disruptive, all those things. Yeah, no, I love that. And the other thing I like about your website is that you're you're constantly creating opportunities for people to learn about different ways to utilize your SERPs. And what was your inspiration for that? Was it just like, oh, you know, we're not going to, keep any of this information to ourselves. And because a lot of times when people sell a product, they're just like, well, you know, whatever the end user wants to do, that's totally up to them. But you've kind of, you almost kind of put like a flight plan out for people. Where <laughs> yeah. It's like, this is how you should really take yes. advantage of Pink House Alchemy's products and what we have. And I, I like that. I really appreciate that. And you guys sent me some stunning photos of, mm-hmm. of, of the end result, right? Which kind of makes you want to say, you know what, I'm going to put this together so that I can replicate <laughs> yeah. what these, what these guys are making in the lab here. But you know, what has, how, how has that helped to grow like the awareness of pink house alchemy? And- yeah, that's a good question. I mean, at the end of the day, I am, my expertise is food and mm-hmm. beverage. I mean, Colin, I'm a, true, true culinary. And I've been cooking since I was little bitty. I've opened lots of restaurants and cooked in lots of kitchens. And I think because of that and the passion for that, Pink House in in its infancy for the first five years of its life, I consulted. That's what I did. I opened restaurants, bars, coffee shops, and then would teach them how to use Pink House products. And then they would buy Pink House products. And that's how we grew. So it's a really important part of for me to feel fulfilled, to be able to share recipes and ideas and then see people reflect it back to us as something they've tried or did or come into the shop or send me an email or someone across the country that takes a picture and sends it back. That's just incredible. There's nothing like that as for me as a business owner to know that people are are seeing it the way I intended it. And then my wife, Kat Wilson, phenomenal, outrageous photographer, just best at her craft in the state of Arkansas. She's unbelievable. And so she is our marketing 
everything. Wait, Kat Wilson's your wife? Yeah. I did not know that. Yes. Okay, you yeah. held out and did yeah. not share that with me until the end. <laughs> well, so. she takes all, you know, then she'd get all the limelight. So. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Man, yeah. I, I I did not know that. So, all right, well, cool. So you guys are just a powerhouse of uh, creativity. Then. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> and all the things, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's something else. I'm grateful for her time that she gives us and yeah, her, her images have gotten us on the cover of all kinds of things. I mean, she's just so good at what she does. Man, and this is only just the beginning. So let me let me ask you this, because and this is kind of a more serious question, because I know that for a lot of people, I remember when the pandemic first hit and I remember talking to um, Jeremy Gother mm-hmm. and he was telling me, man, I got to close the pizza place. You know, mm-hmm. I got to send everybody home, just a couple of folks. And I think that even though we're out of we're coming out of the pandemic, but it has really inordinately hit the service industry very in a very hard way. What advice would you give? Because you've been in this, you've been down yeah. this road for a long time. Oh, yeah. You've seen it, you've got the scars to prove it. What advice would you give to fellow restaurateurs telling them to kind of hold on and fight the good fight? I've seen people like Matt Cooper. I mean, he, he just opened up Conifer, mm-hmm. which is insane yeah, if you haven't been to it so yet. Good. I mean, the food yeah. is, is it, it's incredible. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, what, what advice would you give to even somebody that might be thinking about opening up a restaurant, but then they're concerned because, man, I, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it with all the challenges that exist in this day and age. You have to be really clear about why you're opening a restaurant. You have to be clear with yourself. If you're opening a restaurant because you can't do anything else, then you should do it. Meaning, not like I don't have any other skills. Like if I don't open this restaurant, I won't be able to stop thinking about it. Mm -hmm. I will dream about it. My job will suffer because of it. If that's why you need to open the restaurant sure, and you will make it work. Okay, No question. There is no question, especially in the state of Arkansas especially in Northwest Arkansas. We need food so badly here. But that's it. That's the number one. If there's any other reason that you want to open a restaurant, do not open a restaurant. Like to get paid. It's like not, to get paid. Yeah. It's, yeah. I'm, you know, if that's you a byproduct it, if it you is. have something If good. you open it because of that, those reasons, then you will get paid and it will work. But part of my job, which is just inter- and continues to be part of my job as being someone in the industry and someone who's opened things and helped people succeed, are telling people yay or nay, you know, yes or no. And it is 99.9% of the time, no. And that doesn't have to be that way. I mean, there are a lot of things that can change that. People feeling more comfortable paying more for food when they go out to eat is the very first thing that needs to happen. That transparency that everybody in the business is always trying to make it so the customer will feel comfortable paying those fees. And the truth is, is that Food is so expensive. Service is so expensive. It is. You know, paying employees living wages is outrageous. So if you can keep it small and you're, you know, incredibly passionate about it and you know you're going to be there every day and you've got six cousins that will work for free, <laughs> I I say absolutely do it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, there you go, folks. You got to listen to some, some of the advice that Emily has. <laughs> so and find a couple of those extra cousins of yours that might be able to come in and get started with you. So no, well, I appreciate you sharing that. And I certainly appreciate the work that you are doing here in the community and just what Pink House Alchemy represents. Because again, it's something that people can mention with pride when they talk about people from other parts of the coast, from other other sides of the coast, from either the West Coast or the left coast can say, yeah, I've seen this product at, at my local grocery store or something like that. For people that are here, if they don't physically come to the Pink House Alchemy location, right here on college, where else can they find your SERPs? 
So let's see. Let's start down south. Well, so Ozark Natural Food. Ozark I'm gonna Natural give, I got to give O1F a shout. They out were our of course first. They, have, they were our very first. Yeah. That and Jeremy Gothrop at Woodstone. You can okay. get cocktails. He was my second customer. O1F and they still buy to this day. And then Dixon Street Liquors keep on going up the road. Liquor World, Crossover Liquor, Whole Foods, Freckled Hen. Please don't let me forget anything important. City Supply crushes yes. Pink House product. Yes. Go Kirsten. Oh, if I've forgotten you, you know I love you all. Harps? Um, no, we're not in Harps, actually, really? which we should be probably. We haven't gone down that path. But yeah, Harps. We sell something to Harps. Did for a while. Limited run something. That's what I can think of for now. Okay. But I know That's that cool. there are more. Yeah. And then lots of restaurants, you know, use our products. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, yeah. I mean, I see a lot of them advertise it. And, and it's one of the first things that yes. they mention. Is Big Box Karaoke. That was yeah. a project of mine. And Justin and yeah. Melina. Yeah, oh, love absolutely. them. Wonderful yeah. people. They are. Yeah, they, they really, really are. are. So what could you say Fault. about the ecosystem of entrepreneurs here in Northwest Arkansas? Like if somebody's yeah. listening to this, they're thinking about moving here. Maybe they have a business that they want to relocate. Because I've had several people on the podcast that have relocated here to bring their company, which I mm-hmm. think is cool. Yeah, that's cool. But what would you say to somebody that's kind of on the precipice of making that decision uh, to come to Northwest Arkansas? You've been here for a while, you've tested it and you know, you're doing okay. Yeah. What would you say to them? There's so many layers uh, to participate in, in Northwest Arkansas. There's university level where you can get unlimited free coaching and access through the Walton Business School, which I did every single thing that they had to offer. I was like, you got anything else? What yeah. else you got? ASB, and TDC. ASB, I mean, CD, you know, yep, yeah, all of it. The yeah. startup, the scale up junkie, all of that. Create, you know, she does a wonderful job with her programming. And then just the ecosystem. It's a very small group of us. You mentioned probably the six, only the six people that I hang out with ever on this <laughs> podcast. And just, you know, we, we are a small group and we want to see each other succeed and everyone follows each other's, you know, little successes mm-hmm. and if something cheering happens them on and, and cheering them on, yeah, you know, yeah. and I think that that's really important. Even if we just do it from a distance, I think that that's the truth. But yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of ways to participate. And if you're a bigger company, there's, I mean, we have, you know, transportation, logistics, we just have everything yeah. in Arkansas to, that's why Pink House, you know, is on the path that we're on to stay here because there are so many resources for us as we grow. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and I, I agree wholeheartedly. And, and the one thing I will add to everything that Emily just said is that even if you are in a competitive space with somebody else, what I have found here is that it is still very collaborative. Nobody's like us versus them or no, I'm not going to support you because you do this. And I, you know, it's, that's just not the way that it is. Northwest Arkansas, unlike a lot of places that I've lived is extremely collaborative. Yeah. And I think that's because, you know, it's, it's almost like that, you know, as we're moving further out West, you know, that Western idea of like, I'm going to go start something and create it mm-hmm. and build a community around it. And that's what people are doing. And that's, that's what you're doing here at Pink House Alchemy. So I yeah, love that. I agree. So, yeah, absolutely. How can people get in contact with you if they'd like to reach out to you? shoot out the website information. Yes. We'll put all this in the show notes as well, but just for anybody that wants okay. to connect with Pink House. Um, a great way to see what Pink House is doing is to go to Instagram. So that's pink underscore house underscore alchemy. And you know that we also have a Pink House headquarters Instagram, which is amazing for local people to see all the fun things we're doing. Our website is www.pinkhousealchemy.com. Anytime you're out in the world and wanting to see what we're doing. You can follow our different hashtags, so like pH picks and stuff like that. You can search them and see what we're doing. 
And then personally, I have a, a totally open Instagram and it's called drop the beat, but it's like beat like the food. <laughs> and uh, I love hearing from people. I love, love, love DMing back and forth with people that are trying new things and making cocktails at home or saw something cool on the market or whatever. I just love, love that interaction. So, well, that's yeah. how you get new ideas. Yes. It, oh, it, it absolutely is. Yes. <laughs> and hearing what people are doing is like what keeps me keeps me going. You know, it's just so interesting. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, this is great. Well, I, I mean, Emily, I, I'm so thankful for you and uh, the folks that brought us together to to be able to do this po- podcast episode. What you're doing at Pink House Alchemy is nothing short of amazing. And count me as as one of your raving fans of your continued success and also what that will mean to this community. So thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so us. much. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, folks, there you have it. Another episode of the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. To learn more about us or to read or download the show notes from today's episode, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. You can listen to this podcast and sign up for our free newsletter to keep up with us and all things NWA. Sign up today. You can subscribe to the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast wherever you listen to it. And please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Remember, our podcast comes out every Monday, rain or shine. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn. I'm going to finish this drink that I've gotten here from Pink House Alchemy, and I will see you back here next week for another new episode of the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. Peace. We hope you enjoyed this episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. Check us out each and every week, available anywhere that great podcasts can be found. For show notes or more information on becoming a guest, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. We'll see you next week on I Am Northwest Arkansas.